0: Motherfucker's going deaf. Oh, it's so loud? Yeah. Like, I can see how high the pot is. Well, he'll probably tell you a
1: real professional has to listen to him that loud.
0: Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And then he's like, why am I going deaf? It's like, dude, you're, you're blasting yourself away. Uh, welcome to Two Live Jew. Drew, Drew, uh, two Live Jew. I almost said Drew. Uh, with myself and the one Seth Kushner. Is
1: it Jew or Jews?
0: It's well, he keeps changing. It's two live Jew. Oh, it's okay. I just... Yeah, it's two live Jew.
1: That sounds weird. I better I take the S off when I put the podcast up today. It, well, I mean, whatever. I mean, I don't. Care. I'm not going to fight you on it. I'll
0: fight you on other things, but I ain't going to fight you. About no, this I, didn't, I didn't. I don't. I didn't know. Somebody
1: yeah. somebody left a comment yesterday. Hey, you're welcome for naming the show. I didn't even. I didn't know someone named the show. I just thought two live Jews was. I, I feel like I've heard it a million times in my life.
0: Well, two live. Jew is a playoff two live crew. Right. So I think that's what I mean. If it's just two live Jews then it gets weird. I'm like are we talking about a hostage situation? Like it's just not. Uh. At least that's what I'm thinking when you make it Plural. When you make it like a grammatically correct, yes. then I just feel like it takes a whole different meaning. See the makes... hostage
1: hostage situation. Yeah. Didn't think about that.
0: Yeah, I was I bet, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. Now listen, you're you're one of the tribe, obviously. And you this is a fact that you did ask Bubba how he felt about the Hamas Israel yes. conflict.
1: Before I came back, yes. Okay.
0: Just to make sure that we're we're both on the right side of history. Yeah. Okay. Um why? Well, I'm just. Do you do you, w- do you do you follow up on it? Do you are you, what you in mean? the news about you know? Read it because I know that you don't like. You kind of stay away from the news. It seems like no, in politics. no.
1: There's, there's I, I don't give a fuck about politics. Right. I I pay attention to like I like more like world affairs. Okay, so I'm paying attention to what's happening with Israel. I pay attention to you know when China you know wants the flex. I pay attention to when North Korea okay. you know starts testing like that kind of stuff. Like
0: people, to feed your anxiety. Right. Pe- people that want to yeah. like
1: end the world. That stuff fascinates me. The pol- political stuff you know not so much.
0: But you. Can see how the two commingle, right? Yeah, like they're intertwined. Where it's like, okay, yeah, this is going on with Israel, but depending on where you get your information from or who's telling you the information, you kind of get that that cute little bias twist on it. Yeah, I mean, which listen, can be annoying.
1: I read a lot of the places where I read about, like, uh, you know, Hamas, what's going on, I read on Fox News. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, obviously, I'm I feel. When it comes to Israel right now, I'm I'm more aligned, I think, with probably you know the right side of things, sure, sure. and you know that's when people want to say like you're a snowflake, you're on this side of things. Well, it's like I'm aligning with Republicans on this one. Like right. I think some of the things that AOC and Bernie Sanders have said about it are fucking insane, mm-hmm. you know. So like yeah, so I guess you know I, it's somewhat political, but yeah, I'm still following Israel and Hamas.
0: Do you, are you concerned for like your safety? Because I know a lot of. Uh, a lot of Jewish people have said that they are not feeling quite as safe in their communities as they once did maybe a few years ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's—I feel like I talked about this with Bubba. I just—I feel—no, no, no, I I feel like being Jewish and having people, you know, lightly discriminate against against you your whole life, whether, you know, it was Mandy Hayden telling me, you know, in kindergarten I was going to hell because I didn't believe in Jesus or—
0: Oh, like who was another kindergartner? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if it was like the teacher. No, 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 no. no <laughs> okay. But I'm just saying, like, have,
1: having heard things and then coming home and asking your parents and all that stuff, and then they teach you in Sunday school all that stuff. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I've I've I know people don't like Jews. I feel like you get a taste of it every now and again, like from people like Kanye or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I've never been under the impression that. The whole world loves Jews, so I don't feel any less safe. But I think a lot of people are blowing it out of proportion. That are like, "Hey, all of a sudden, I'm "I'm Jewish and I'm unsafe." I I just I feel like it's uh, a lot of people want some attention just because they're Jewish,
0: right? I mean, I guess it depends where you are. Like maybe if you're on the Harvard campus or Or maybe Penn State, you're not feeling quite as safe as you as you once did. I'm kind of like you. I don't. I honestly have experienced. I would say almost zero anti-Semitism, like true anti-Semitism, zero jokes and stuff that I don't even count that because it's, you know, yeah. if you're, if you're joking around, whatever, who cares? I make fun of myself. I, I don't get mad when other people do as well. But as far as like true anti-Semitism, never really experienced it. Um, Was I getting a little concerned? Here's the thing. When that, when that shit went down on October 7th and the world reacted in horror, uh, not that I was like pleased, but I'm like, wow, they're actually taking Israel's side. And I remember talking to my dad about it, and that motherfucker just said, "Just wait." <laughs> And I was like, Dad, I mean, come on. It's it like it, when it's so obvious how abhorrent that was, I was like, I don't understand how you could twist it, flip flop it around, and make Israel look like the aggressor with this one, just because to me, in my little peanut head, it just was so blatantly obvious who the aggressor and who the demon and who the enemy was. Yes. And my dad just goes, Fucking just wait. I talked to him maybe on you know the seventh or the eighth of October and he just told me I remember where I was. I was like about to get on the Courtney Campbell and I was at a stoplight right you know, Rocky Point, wherever that's cross street is, and he and I remember him saying, Just wait. And I was Did just you like, feel affected? Nah.
1: Did you feel affected by what happened in Israel? Like I uh, let me say I'm gonna try to paint this for people that might not know. It seems like you don't get emotionally tied to a lot of things. So I'm wondering how that how that impacted you cuz I I was very angry, I was sad. Like for the first like I was going how do I get over there and do something, you know? And yeah. I know that's insane I'm not going to Israel, but no, it's like I that's know. that's kind of like where I was. Yeah.
0: It, it Here's the thing, like because I've been so separated from the Jewish community for so long, I felt like I don't really have any connection to really being Jewish other than like mild cultural things that I might have in common with you or, you know, any other Jewish person I may meet along the way. But because I, I felt like I was elevated past being Jewish and all that sort of stuff. When that happened, it really brought me back to feeling like part of the Jewish community again. Like I felt like these are my roots. This is um, a, a personal attack, not just against, Random humans, but against people that I guess I, f- of a group that I belong to in the most, I don't know, fundamental sense, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, that's just, it's, that's your connection. I mean, yeah. What, I mean, whether, you know, you, you know, believe in God or whatever, all that stuff, like, I don't think that matters. That's, those are, you were born there. I mm-hmm. mean, like, those are your people when you hear that somebody wants to... Of course there's a connection there. Yeah, when you feel like somebody wants to wipe out all of the Jews, and you're like, okay, well, you know, I'm not over there, but I am a, I am Jewish. I am guessing that they would kill me if they had the opportunity to. Yeah, you, yeah. you, start, you start to feel that. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And both my parents, I mean, my dad lived there, I think, for 13 years, my mom for 10. So they both speak Hebrew fluently. My dad goes back, like, every year, every six months. We have a... Or we, I don't have anything. My father has has a condo in Natanya, so that he visits periodically. His best friend is there who I started contacting um, after the October 7th attacks. And as horrifying as the acts were, because of course that they were. And I I, I felt like I got drawn into like horror porn, like probably for about six weeks after October 7th. Every fucking day I was just like wanting to read more and learn more and, and go deeper onto... What was found... Same. Right, like, the, the stories of people, these harrowing tales of, like, oh, I, like, was hiding in a ditch for 15 hours sort of stories. I lost a foot, but at least I'm fucking alive. Those stories... Um, so, that was, that was crazy, but...
1: You weren't watching, you weren't watching, like, when they started releasing videos of people, like, like, people getting kidnapped, like, initially when it happened, I didn't know what was going on, like, I found it on Twitter like everybody else, and it was one of the girls getting kidnapped from the music festival, and I was like, what the... I go, what is it? Is this real? And that's when I go, holy shit, like, that's when it uh, it all started unfolding, so, um... My biggest fascination with this all have been the tunnels, and when they talked about pumping water in the tunnels, and they talked mm. about going in the tunnels, and you can't fight down there, and are the hostages down there, right. and you know just how complex is it, like. That kind of thing fascinated me, but then when I found out that the, all those the, the Orthodox and Hasidic Jews in New York They had their were, own
0: tunnels, when they had their tunnels, I was like, okay, well, maybe
1: maybe it's just a tunnel
0: thing. What maybe. a weird fucking story that and was. It,
1: really, it really. I'm glad they weren't doing <laughs> they weren't like doing anything weird down there, were they? Were They just praying? I don't,
0: I, I don't, I don't know. I, I felt like they were using it as like a bunker, you know? Right. Which Where is to- like, fuck. There's a lot of anti-Semitic shit going on above ground. We got it. We got to take it underground here.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, New York. God, there was there was a ton of protests. I feel like every day there's. Oh yeah. Pal- Palestinian protesters. But that plan. was the
0: thing that really kind of threw me for a loop because in my mind it's like well obviously these people are horrific these terrorist organizations and there's really no limit to the their their, their brutal nature when they feel like they have been you know wronged by oh, the yeah. Jews or Americans or whomever. But the thing that kind of freaked me out is when so many people in the West, not, not just fucking Afghanistan or Pakistan or whatever, or Iran, obviously, or Yemen, but when my fellow Americans California, and, yeah, people in in the West or people in London or in Germany or wherever where I think that we kind of have common ideals and values, when they were siding with the other side, that's when I go, oh oh shit, this is fucking the real deal. This is beyond just the Middle East. This is... This is uh, infiltrated the West and the way that people think about things around here. So I, that th- that kind of threw me off. But
1: I feel like still the majority of nations are are with Israel. They just are obviously not a fan of how Israel's going about certain things. And I mean, when you kill some of your own hostages, and you know, you have—I
0: mean, that wasn't on purpose. No, no, no. I you know. know, but I, I'm
1: saying like you know, you get to the point where it's like you have all these civilians, and I know Hamas keeps official count of it, so we don't really know how many people are dead, but. I am sure. Yeah, I'm not going to believe any of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to believe, but I believe that there's probably a lot of people dead and there's a lot of civilians that have died. Of course, no, on,
0: I'm, on both sides. Yeah, yeah. And
1: I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that at all but, you know, a lot of people still seem to be sticking with Israel and Israel seems to not that it seems like they're not going to stop anytime soon until, you know, they get everybody back.
0: Yeah, well it seems like Western leadership is aligning with Israel, yes. although they have their criticisms but it seems like a lot of people in the West, maybe not necessarily leaders, heads of state but certainly people in the government i mean you hear things like you said bernie sanders says or aoc says or uh rashida talib or whatever the fuck her name is for oh Michigan yeah says. she was the worst yeah i, I mean just the, the 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 crying the fake crying well, she, did, she
1: did from the land to the sea. Uh, yeah i so mean that's, she's I mean, wearing
0: mean, a keffiyeh like in the in fucking congress which i mean whatever it, it's your right to do that sort of shit but it makes me a little uneasy is what i'll say about and, that
1: and look when you start and you, you started this off by talking about October seventh and you going, Of course, like how could you guys not see that, you know, Hamas is the aggressor and Israel's isn't innocent and then everybody goes, Well, let's go back to before October seventh. Let's go yeah. back to where's our land and everything like that and I I make it as a joke, but I, I watched an Andrew Tate interview with Pierce Morgan. Yes. And he really wanted Andrew Tate to condemn it as a terrorist attack and
0: he wouldn't do it and he
1: wouldn't and he wouldn't do it and
0: I think he's a Muslim yeah well
1: you know I under but Andrew Tate just goes you know imagine being in a pressure cooker your whole life being in an open-air prison and you know and I I get people are oppressed I totally understand that but the people of Palestine and Hamas are two different things so I think that's something a lot of people don't know are are get confused with when you're you're not necessarily against Palestine, but you're against the terrorist organization that's running them.
0: Yeah, that they voted in. Yes. So yes. I mean this was quote democratically elected government of Hamas that, you know, got into power in what, two thousand and five, two thousand six when all the Jews ripped out of Gaza. Yes. And we also have to remember that Gaza is also has a shares a border with Egypt. And Egypt isn't really a fan of the Palestinians either, even though I think half of the Palestinians have a Egyptian heritage. Well, they
1: were really holding out on taking the Palestinians too, weren't they? Israel's yeah, they like,
0: don't they don't, <laughs> they don't fucking want them. They were like in Rafa, and they're just like, no, no, we're good. We don't want them, you know, here either. And and maybe that's if you look a little deeper into history into the the seventies and and the eighties, it seems like wherever the Palestinians go, terror follows. And that doesn't just mean with their Is- Israeli Jewish neighbors, but also in Egypt and also in Jordan. You know, Jordan talked a lot of shit about Israel about you know. Know, the the way that they quote treat the palestinians right. but they're not opening up their borders to to the palestinians and welcoming them even though many of them are jordanian by you know the ethnic heritage that's so- right um, you know, it is what it is. I really wasn't planning on going down an October seventh, uh, rabbit hole. No. But I, I, I feel like you know this is too live, Jew. We got to talk about issues that are relevant to us and in our lives. I also heard before I saw, um, you said you took a little something, something. Between the shows,
1: oh, it's an a half of Xanax,
0: a half. So that's yeah. like that's a one milli, right?
1: Uh, a, yeah. So it's a half milligram that I oh, took. Oh, half. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Because sometimes there's like the two the bars that are like two. I've never seen so, those in my life. Really, I haven't got that anxious. That's, that's all I've ever um, seen. Not that I've ever taken a whole one. But uh, and I am very curious about your neuroticism because I feel like we also have that in common. And I, I don't know if it's also like a, I hate to say a Jew thing, but I think recently it is. Yeah. Recently, I, I spoke to my uncle. It was his birthday, January 4th. I called him and I just go, look, I know we haven't spoken in a while, but I it's come to my awareness and knowledge that you've suffered for many, many years with obsessive compulsive disorder.
1: (laughs) It's the first time you talked to your uncle and forever. About it,
0: yeah, and I just go like, hey, you know, I guess my my mom kind of outed him to me because I was talking about my OCD, this is probably about a year and a half ago, and she goes, well, you know, Uncle Mike has thought he's had AIDS since 1994.
1: I I thought I had AIDS for a while.
0: I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) He goes, yeah, he he had convinced himself, even though multiple blood tests had shown that he didn't have AIDS, he was convinced that he fucking had AIDS. Now, my uncle has his phd in like fucking social work he's not like some fucking he can hold down a job he has a child and a wife and i think a dog so i mean like he's not a complete degenerate weirdo who's you know in the funny farm so i called him on his birthday i was like hey uncle mike like happy birthday and he's like oh thanks what have you been up to we kind of chit chat a little bit i go hey let me ask you a question I go. My mother told me that you got some issues, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I do." I go, "Guess what? I think it's genetic, and it got passed to me because I got issues too." <laughs> so for probably an hour, we went back and forth, kind of disclosing our weird idiosyncrasies when it comes to anxiety, OCD, you know, yes. all that sort of shit. Yeah. So,
1: so how how what what are you feeling? Because you've had. You're not going to ever be on medication or anything like that. I was
0: that. briefly when I was 20. They put me on Prozac. Um,
1: how are you dealing? Like when you talk about like having um, OCD and stuff yeah. like that, how are you dealing with that? Not now, like, well. Um, like it affects you? Like it affects your life on yeah, a daily basis? yeah,
0: yeah. No, of course, of course. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think I, I feel like I've, I've permanently, like, ruined my hands. Like, I feel like I've stripped them of so much moisture that even when I wear lotion and stuff like that, like, they're just going to b- be dry and cracked forever just because I feel like I've used so much, like, soap and hot water what that... What the hell? I mean, I've convinced myself that. I have, like, really, really ugly hands, and I, like, always have and it's you know getting worse the older i get it's
1: kind of it's kind of funny danielle who i used to work with at 97x was always uptight about her hands like she just was she
0: she, thought they were ugly she thought she
1: had like ugly hands and stuff like you would take a picture and she'd be like no you can't you can't post that at all so i don't i don't know if it's a girl thing with hands or what but uh, you know from a guy's perspective i don't know how many guys are looking at hands i've never been like yo that girl's hand is disgusting so no
0: i i, I know i also bite my nails so that doesn't help the aesthetic of the hand at all same here yeah it's yeah again it's like just a, a nervous habit a nervous tick yes but um yeah i've i started taking medication in my early 20s but I just felt like I, I never wanted to be on them forever. So I always felt like the goal was to try to wean myself off. Um, but it sounds like you're not just relying solely on medication. Are you still doing the, the therapy? And does that help? Do they give you tools that can actually fucking help you? I, or? I got,
1: well, I mean, I'm off the phone. Fu- I'm not in therapy right now. Uh, okay. I left therapy ooh, Probably a couple of years ago, it ended up giving me more anxiety. Mm. Having the, because I was doing telehealth at the time, it was during
0: COVID and all that Oh, that's terrible. You got to talk in person. Yeah.
1: But I mean, I've done it all. Like, I've talked to psychiatrists. I've talked to straight up therapists. I've done shit where you're tapping your meridians. I've done stuff where you're breathing. I've done stuff where you're, you know, it's rapid eye movement therapy. I've done every, done breathing shit. Like, I've, I think I've done everything. Okay. You know, I've meditated. I've done all that stuff. And, you know, I just go, it's not working. I found the medication finally you know the right kind of combination that works for me um and I mean there's a lot of things you have to do to try to cope with it as far as like you can't just take pills like I mean I have to walk there's certain like during the day like I have to go for walks and all this stuff to like you know calm myself down you have to breathe you have to do all these things like it's really in the last few days I've had a real heightened anxiety so it's it's Hmm. it's just like it's honestly a daily battle the medication makes it like more of like a distant kind of battle, but sometimes it, it really creeps up on you. And like I said, I, I've almost felt sick the last few nights. I don't know what's going on right now. I can't pinpoint where my anxiety is coming from, which is the worst.
0: Okay. And I'll tell you, like, this. what are your thoughts? Okay, tell me that. I just what want to tell saying. you that
1: I do want to tell you this because <laughs> before I forget, when yeah. you said you called your uncle on your on his birthday and you talked yeah. to him about like your family history and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, my parents. You know, I've had my, uh, crippling anxiety for my whole life. So when I was kind of exploring about taking medication, I called my aunt. Because my mom just will never tell me the truth. Okay. So I called my aunt and I was like, you know, I have anxiety. You know, I'm throwing up, blah, blah, blah. Can you tell me about this? I know my mom's dealt with stuff. She went and she told me that my grandma had it. like back, Bad. Like back in like the 30s and shit when like people didn't know what it was. And she said my grandma was in the hospital and that, oh my nana, and that she was throwing up and then when I talked to my mom and I said, mom, I talked to Ann Joy, like she told me about Nana. And then my mom went to the hospital when she was, you know, in her thirties because she thought something was wrong with her and they did all these tests and they found out nothing was wrong. And I go, well, now I'm throwing up. I was like, I'm throwing up from this. And, and my daughter threw up, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So it's like, I, it's, we now we, this is now four generations of people. This is affected and no one ever sat down and said like, Hey, you've, you, this might be passed on to you. Here's, you might want to get a medication. Here's some things to do to treat it. Look out for this, yeah. you know. And that that sucked that I had to get to the point where I'm in my you know mid to late 30s and I'm tr- finally figuring out you know what kind of fucked up you know things have been going on in my family yeah. as far as just like the genes and stuff. So I pay real close attention to my daughter because like she she has it bad right now, and I just want to try to make sure that you know she doesn't suffer too much.
0: Yeah. So what kind of like precisely what accompanies the anxiety in terms of thoughts? Is it just a general sense of like dread or are mm. they specific fears about something that may happen in the future or just you're ruminating about something that happened in the past
1: Um general fears are I worry about I worry about providing for my family a lot Okay so that's pretty much that's an everyday thing you know mm-hmm. and and like things are fine but it's still there, you know, things were rough for a while. You know, something I haven't necessarily experienced in in my life, and so that really, like that really, that really shook me. So that's something that I deal with. Thinking about, um, and this is something a lot I know a lot of parents think about, but thinking about you know not being there for my daughter, thinking about like dying or something like that, yeah, and um, like that really, that kind of gets me. So whenever like I re-
0: she, you're going to be dead and she's going to need you as an adult, or like you're you're going to die prematurely while she's still a kid.
1: I'm gonna die while she's a kid. Uh, Like, and that, and that's, you know she always you know whenever she comes home and like you know I'm not passed out you know from whacking off or something Yeah, yeah. and she comes home and you know it's like oh daddy I missed you and you know you're so snuggly and all this other stuff like I I feel like wow what if I wasn't here for that yeah so those thoughts are in your head sure so and then there's just the general anxiety of just just your day and just how you're kind of always a little bit more on edge than everybody else and to go along with that like you're irritable you know yesterday I just I slept for most of the day because I wasn't in the best mood and I didn't want to you know affect my family at all and I didn't eat or anything last night and you know then when I finally ate you know I was nauseous and all that stuff and thought I was gonna be sick so it's just like now I'm kind of caught up in this I'm caught up in an anxiety kind of you know uh cycle right now yeah and, I, yeah and I was I was out of it for so long for some reason it's coming back
0: do you think it has anything to do with working here <laughs> yeah I think you know to it be- being new and it's listen it is a lot of fucking shit you got to deal with mentally when you're working here and I love it obviously I'm still here and it's fun and and when you do the pro the cost benefit analysis at least in my estimation it's worth it but it does throw you for a loop and I know you've worked here before but you've also had A hiatus and then kind of coming back and like you said, just shit like just reading that you're reading in chat and you're just like insult, 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 insult. If you're not used to that, that shit can throw you the fuck off, man. Uh, Big time. There's no for me.
1: Yeah, no. There's no doubt about it. I I didn't. I don't think I did well with chat last time when I was here. Now you know I'm only in front of the computer one day a week. You know I'm on the couch, but. Chat doesn't bother me so much because I know that we're essentially just here for kind of people to, you know, make fun of everything we say, do, or how we look. I get that's the gist of chat. You know, my thing is that I've read, you know, every comment about me – whether it's on the Facebook whether it's on the YouTube whether it's on the Bubba Army fan pages like no matter what it's on I've read everything there is to hear about or, you know to read about me yeah. and yeah a lot of it's fucking bad but I'll tell you what it doesn't affect me at all like I
0: think that if there, anything, it motivates you to be better Well I you know I think it it's it,
1: I I don't know I think when you when you are confident in what you bring to the table, you know, going around, you know, being at the Bubba Army royalty party and talking to people that actually spend money with the show and they tell you that they're happy you're back. And they go into the, you know, the things that you're able to, you know, bring out and Bubba and all that stuff. Like, I, I I know what I do and, like, I'm confident in it. To me, it's interesting when people go out of their way to, you know, make comments about, you know, like how awful somebody is, or how you are never listening again, and how the show's going to fall apart. Like to me, that stuff's interesting because that's not anything I would ever do, but that's the kind of shit I like reading. Now, I will say, I think that there is a small buildup of that negativity that does affect me, mm-hmm. and I think it's starting to. So, I think I need to cut back on what I am reading. But before I could read something like uh, today, I read, I sent something to Bubba that goes, "Where is it? It was about the it was a text." Yeah, it was something somebody sent me. Uh, Let's see. They go, uh, oh no, it was... (laughs) Uh, mm-hmm. watching the Seth Carr Oil entire air video, dude is pathetic. So I sent it to Bubba and I was like, this is great. People are talking about the fucking video because yeah. this guy's like, this guy's pathetic. Now they don't want to see how pathetic he is. And really after it's all said and done, all that matters is how many people are fucking watching it. Right. and doing that stuff. So they're, they're ending up helping me. But yeah, I, I feel like as far as the show goes, I just think the amount of negative stuff I've read has, has had like probably a little buildup on me and it's something I should probably cut back on now.
0: Just don't, don't view it. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd like to see. I you like, can't be bullied online if you just don't go online, sort of a thing. Well, I know, but I just, I, I, I hate to say it,
1: but I mean, like, uh, I live, I live online. I, know. I mean, I mean, I'm, we all do. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing emails. Like, I got another job and shit for you know social media, and I got to create other crap, and you know, there's other other stuff that I'm doing. I, there are, I'm not busy twenty four seven, but. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot.
0: Okay. All right. But, and you said you've, you've felt an uptick in like the last week. You oh, said it was bad.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Do you yeah, think yeah. that maybe this weekend and kind of going out for a nice dinner will kind of smooth things over? Oh,
1: I hate going out to dinner. I get anxiety going out. Okay. Yeah, that's why it's this, I don't know what to say. I
0: hate, I don't
1: like sitting in, Um, I, I don't like sitting in a spot for a long time. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to take you that long to eat food. You'd probably be in and out of there within, you know, less than an hour.
1: No, no, no. You, you know, you're right. But it's like, it's like you, uh, you know, we didn't talk about like why I took a Xanax here. Yeah. I, so I can sit still and talk to you for an hour. Oh. It's like, I can't, I, I lose... I'll just start like losing track, or just like I—I I don't want to say it's an ADD thing because it's not, but like it helps me focus and it helps me be calm down. Okay, from taking away my anxiety. All right. So like, um, you know, I think that I need to make sure that I am on my medication so I can have a, a you know a good weekend with Phoebe.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And and the goal for you is just to find the right medication, right? I'm,
1: I think I believe I'm on it right now. I believe okay. I finally found the right thing. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't. Every time I go back, they ask about kind of stepping it up and stuff like that, and I'm I'm kind of good where I am. I haven't needed them to tweak anything in in quite some time. Right. So I'm. I feel like I'm on the right track. I, you know, I don't think about getting off the medication if it happens one day. What
0: about trying to? I, and I know you said you've tried many things, but have you tr- thought about maybe trying to work on the coping mechanisms outside of medication? to have some tools that you can kind of rely on. It seems like I know that that gives you anxiety, just the thought maybe Uh. of, of not having the medication and having to just kind of rely on your own um, you yeah, know, to like my habits. own tools. Yeah, yeah. yeah but.
1: I, I know, like, here's the thing. Coping so, mechanisms. I mean, like, so there's moments where, you know, not right now, but, you know, heavy into working out. I got to work out. It, working out gets me high. I'm chill after and all that stuff. And like, that's great. Like, yeah. working out fucking is great, but it doesn't last all day. Like, at some point, again, like, I'm going to start <laughs> feeling like, oh, shit, like, I'm weak from working out, I need to eat, except I can't eat because I have anxiety right now because it's been two-plus hours since I had this workout. And it's a whole thing of, like, uh, and I I know people have real fucking problems, but this is something that's just hereditary that, you know, I'm dealing with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And look, I'm going to tell you this, too. A lot of people don't even fucking believe in anxiety and all that shit, but I had somebody, and I'll I'll let them remain nameless. Yeah. Big, big Bubba Army, right up there, right at the top, Get Fresh crew told me, just started experiencing anxiety over the last few months. Panic attack, felt like he was going to throw up, all this other stuff. And so he told me, he goes, I thought it was made up until I started experiencing it. And I realized how bad it is. And I go, listen, dude, for anybody that thinks it's fake or you're a pussy, I go, I get it. It takes either you or somebody in your life to see how it affects them to then really know that it's a real thing.
0: It's Certainly. So, I mean, anxiety is is, is real. Um, but I feel like... At least what I've been trying—because here's here's the thing. Uh, not that I am a big fan of New Year's resolutions. I'm more in favor of just new life resolutions. Yeah. But I had a lot of time to kind of, like, sit and pontificate the last week of December that we had off. And I realized that although I'm pretty obsessed with all things health, longevity, health span related, you know, about yes. the eating, the not eating, the fucking working out, the cold plunging, the VO2 max, like, all that sort of shit— the one of the main things that I've com- that I completely neglected that I think is a, an essential part of the formula Mental. is is stress management. Oh. Like I was just allowing myself to just get carried away with shit, whether it be with work or my private life or whatever, where I would just kind of like you, as soon as something would trigger it, it was just like a chain reaction of anxious thoughts to the point where you know I would. Not like throw a tantrum, but in my mind, I felt like I was spinning out of control, spiraling in maybe a caught in a thought loop, like a negative thought loop where I couldn't get out of it. Or so I thought that I've started to train myself to tell myself that I am, again, whether this is 100% true or not, whatever, but telling myself that I'm choosing The way that I'm thinking and I'm choosing the way that I'm feeling. So that gives me, that makes me feel like I have more control over my situation instead of just being at the behest of whatever life throws at you. That's your
1: mantra. That's what they teach you in therapy is to (laughs) say something over and over again. But look at this, Ana. You talk about you are healthy, you work out, you do everything and you're still dealing with anxiety and shit like those are all the coping me- those are like half the coping mechanisms. yeah
0: but I mean I'm, I'm not on any anxiety medication or you're, anything you're, like that you're not everyone is everyone gets anxious like everyone thinks that and I'm not I understand that some people are much worse than others it seems like you know with you it, it's it's a lot worse and I'm sure there's And I know that there's a hereditary or genetic component to it but for the most part I tell myself everyone fucking gets anxious I'm not fucking special because I got nervous or felt uneasy about something this happens to people all the time <sighs> so instead of trying to fight it i just kind of embrace it and just allow it to kind of wash over me jiu Jitsu's really helped yeah. not so much for the uh the endorphin rush which i do get but more so of just being in a really fucked up situation where i'm getting choked out with my own arm and sitting there <laughs> in the present moment with you know i'm between someone's legs they're choking me out and i just go i'm f-. man that sunset is gorgeous CarMax, the way car buying should be. Fine. Like, I'm completely at peace. I'm like, I can end this pain at any you, moment. Are you on
1: mushrooms in there? What's going I'm on? I'm telling are you, at you dude. You're getting choked out with you, your own arm. Yes, it,
0: because this is what it does. This is the beauty of jujitsu, and, and I'm assuming like other martial arts as well, is it thrusts you in the present moment. There's very few things uh, where you're just like, you know, you're ruminating about the past yes. or you're worrying about the future and what you need to get done. And much like you, I'm very routine oriented. So I'm like, oh, if I eat this time, I'm going to fuck it up for jujitsu. I'm going to fuck up my fast and then I'm not going to be able to sleep because I'm going to be too full and I'm going to be gassy and then I'm going to wake up and not be hungry. But then I'm going to be hungry and then what am I going to eat? I, much like you, I have those <laughs> – so, that shit runs through my mind on the daily. It's exhausting. It is fucking tiring. But when I'm in jiu-jitsu, I cannot – think about the past I cannot think about the future I just have to be faced with the the present fucking moment of how am I going to progress to a better position or submit or how am I going to get out of this bad situation can I tell you what and it's beautiful
1: what I'm not lying tearing up what I'm tearing up hearing hearing about this oh because I think that it's you know, you don't, I, you're not suffering to the level that other people are suffering with. No, and, and to be honest with you, I don't. I don't think everybody has anxiety. I don't think there's people that are. It's very foreign to them, and maybe they experience it at some points in their life. But I think there are people that that don't have that. I, you know, just like I don't have like I, I'm not like an addict at all. But but I know that some people have that. You know, well,
0: I I think of anxiety as more of like a like a like a mood or an emotion where like you can feel anxious twenty times throughout the day. But I'm, I don't consider myself to to be quote an anxious person does that make sense like yeah yeah you can be have a like be sad multiple times a day and then if someone asks you are you happy you go yeah I'm happy but I had I I experienced sadness 10 times today yeah you know what I mean
1: but I want to I want to talking about you know how it's forced you to be present in the moment and like I you're not you're not stuff I wouldn't say you're suffering from from this but I'm imagining you know you got shit on your mind you got shit you're dealing with this Mm -hmm. whether it's here whether it's outside of here and to have something that Helps you like to have something that you know openly helps you because it keeps you in the moment, which is the hardest fucking thing to do in the world. I yeah, fe- I feel like because that's when you start getting out of your current moment is when all the anxiety happens. Absolutely, because you're going in the past or you're going in the future, and yeah. it's and it's hard to get it's hard to get right there. And the fact that that you found that I just I I'm I'm really happy for you. Thank
0: you. And again much like you once the class is over the, the fucking class is over I and know. I kind of go back to But 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 here's the thing those moments I I really I treasure those moments and then I try to recreate them when I'm maybe at the gym or maybe I'm on a bike ride and I'm like worrying and thinking and like lost in thoughts and I go, hold on a second. I'm like, it's a really nice day out. Like, let me concentrate on the beautiful trees or the sunlight or the temperate weather or whatever.
1: What if you, what if there was something can, and I'm. You obviously have to talk to yourself and get yourself yeah. in the right mindset. Yeah. What if there was a pill you could take to where you didn't have to talk to yourself and you just felt that way? You know? like Because that's, that's what that's what Xanax is for me. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't have to talk to myself. I don't have to exhaust myself being like, this is going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to do this. I'm just like, I need to take this, and then I'm going to be okay. Like, I'm going to be okay, and when I'm okay, that's when I'm at my best.
0: So – yeah, but it, again, in my estimation, not telling you what to do or anyone else what to do. And, and I can only speak to my own experience. I don't know what it's like to be Seth Kushner. You know what I mean? I, I I've never been in your shoes. I'm never going to be in your shoes. I don't know what your experience is like. I can only speak to my own. But I take a lot of pride in knowing that I don't have to rely on anything but myself. Right. So, like, God forbid I ran. I was if I was on Xanax and God forbid I run out of it. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm just going to freak out. It's like, no, I'm going to stay calm. I have a a set number of things I can do to try to calm myself down and talk myself out of a bad situation. And again, these are just things I intrinsically value. I'm not saying everyone should value them, but I value things like, you know, discipline and problem solving and being able to to have the the mental fortitude to work my way out of something and not just be re- reliant on some external medication that may not be there or I may grow a tolerance to. So I think that those are just things that I value about other people and then I try to emulate that in in myself by just finding ways to try to help myself outside of medication. Because here's the thing, like, I fucking hate Big Pharma. I hate that shit. Xanax is good as fuck, not gonna lie. That was a banger. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, man, you know, Michael Jackson fucked the little boys, but that doesn't take away how great Thriller it was as an album and a song. It was a banger. So I've, I've
1: stopped listening to Michael Jackson
0: and R. <laughs> Kelly, but
1: I, I understand. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Like,
0: I'm like, fuck Big Pharma, but then the first time I took Xanax, I was like, whoa, that's dangerous for me, because I really enjoyed it quite a bit.
1: Well, that's the thing, too, is when people take Xanax and, like, they use it as a party drug? I don't get it because, to me, Xanax makes me just... Sleepy time. No, but it was tired, but it makes me feel normal. It makes me feel like a... a, It makes me feel confident. It makes me feel like like I'm a real decent member of society
0: that's what cocaine does for me but i had to part ways (laughs) but i had to part ways um can i tell you something yeah
1: you were because you were i when i asked you about you know when you're on a bike ride and you're going through all this stuff and you said you know you don't you don't want to be reliant on things and i i totally respect that i'm just saying imagine Mm -hmm. to where you don't have to talk to yourself and i got to that point on where i you know did the work and i did everything i could and i go i just this is this is too much for me to overcome, you know? And I go, I would rather, like I said, I would rather be on medication much like you'd rather stay disciplined. I'd rather be on medication. So I'm good for my wife. I'm good for my job. I'm good for my daughter, you know? And and if Yeah, go ahead. And like I said, I would love to get to the point where I don't have to do it one day, but I am just, right now, I know that's not the time. You know, and I talked to my friend the other day who, she's bipolar. She got off a bunch of medications, you know, and it's almost like she was putting her getting off medications on me. She's like, are you trying to get off this stuff? I'm like, you were trying to get me on this shit four years ago when I was freaking out. I'm like, (laughs) when I'm ready to get off of it or I feel like I'm fine, like, I would love to get to that point. But right now, I just want to- But you're
0: never going to get to that point unless you, you know, start- trying to push boundaries. If that's your goal, I'm not saying it has to be, but I just here's the thing. Right. I only this is this is the the the, the meat the, the at the bottom of the bone. This is this is the marrow of my of my uh outlook on life. I only I realized recently within the last year I have I have a problem with, like, probably self confidence and self esteem, like a lot of people do, yeah. just in every aspect of my life. Well, especially working here. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah like, my talent, am I, am I smart? Am I ugly? Like, these are things that go through my mind all the time. The only thing Two that. Two out of three of those are yes, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> the only thing that makes me feel good about myself is doing hard shit that's the only time oh, I David Goggins up in I'm here. <laughs> telling you and it's not just me this is how people are when you do something hard and you struggle through it and you achieve it you accomplish whatever you set out to do you you made the goal how fucking good do you feel and then you tell yourself well I did it once I can do it again so it kind of it builds on itself so you have just all this evidence that you're trying to collect on yourself so that when you tell people I do x y and z Z, you actually believe it I don't want to do these I, I think I heard Chris Williamson talking about this but like you you don't want to just I don't like just saying like self-affirmations like looking at myself in the mirror and go you are great you are great you are great it's like no 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 no. I need to have fucking evidence to say that I'm good at x y or z Interesting. and the only way that that can be achieved is not by just saying I'm beautiful I'm beautiful it's like no go do hard shit like Go through the mud with it, and when you come out through it on the other side, and again, this is why I love jujitsu for many reasons. Do you know how every day I'm in jujitsu, I'm uncomfortable physically, mentally, emotionally. I feel like shit about myself. But you know what? I endure, and I always tell myself like, when I'm losing, and here's the th- and about jujitsu. It's not that like you lost a foot race, right? It's not like track and field where it's like this guy was faster. It is devastating when someone is choking you out with your own body part like it's not it's a humiliating loss i gotta see this. that other people can see they're like wow anna's getting choked out by someone else's ankle like it's crazy <laughs> how um, insane like when you lose how humiliating it is But the fact that I'm willing to put myself through that and I'm coming out on the other side, do I always win? Absolutely not. But I endure and I come back again for more abuse. And for some fucked up reason, that makes me feel better about myself because I know that I can endure and then I can take that and apply it to other aspects of my life where I go, like you, I'm going through a fucking uh, negative uh, loop of thought where I can't get out of it. And I go, listen, Ana, you just endured so much pain, I had my rib busted, I fucked up my knee, you know, um, my neck got cranked and is super fucked up. All these things happen to me on a weekly basis, and I was able to get through them. I can get through this. That's how I feel about it, so...
1: Is there a small part of, you know, how when you talk about conquering these things and how it's hard and, and you like doing it, is there a small part of you where you f- do feel like you're better than other people because you go through that? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, there's definitely like an elitist thing where it's, especially among people in jujitsu, it's like, oh, those, those normies don't get it. Like, they don't fucking get it. And I talked to my mom about it. She's like, why the fuck would you enjoy going getting choked out or people trying to hurt you or fucking your leg up or trying to break your knee or something like that? and you go you just, you just don't get it you, just, you go through the mud and when you come out you're just like I fucking did it and then every once in a while Seth every once in a while I submit somebody else I have the power with my body to kill another person And that makes me feel good about myself.
1: And even just getting them to the brink of death is, you know, kind of a turn on for you. Yeah, Yeah. a little
0: bit. And especially, and here's the thing that the joy I try to take away from other people when I'm on the mats is I try to keep a poker face the whole time. Even if I'm in an obscene amount of pain, I try to just keep a poker face because there's nothing more satisfying than when you are hurting somebody else. And there's a girl specifically that I'm thinking of. No, not the stripper. There's another girl who's really nice, but she really like when she's in pain. You can really see it on her face and that I really strive to make her make those faces. She winces and she like uh, like does all these things. And boy, when I get one on her, like it is just it's so fucking satisfying because she really just like she puts it over with her face. You know
1: what? I mean, you I'm glad you found. I don't know how what made you fucking start that because you found something that it looks. How long you been doing this?
0: A little over two years. Oh shit! But this okay. isn't like the only hard shit. I mean, I put myself through grueling workouts. And no,
1: I listen. I I, know. I
0: work here, don't I? Like <laughs>
1: yeah, it's all it's all grueling. <laughs> I think you know when you talk about like that's your marrow and that's like what you know what drives you in life. I like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what what I have, and I I just don't have that. Like I'm kind of just like a day to day. I guess I don't want things to be too difficult. I just I want to be happy. I just want the people around me to I be know, happy. But that's
0: the thing is like you have to kind of stress the body so that you do experience a challenge. And then when you step over that bar and you accomplish that goal, that's the only ticket to self-confidence. Like there's nothing else. There's in my mind, there's nothing else. I'm never going to just like feel good about myself first. Like, I'm never going to think about this. If you win the lottery, do, are you like super proud of yourself? You're like happy about it. But if you Earned that fucking money, right? Like you, you thought of Amazon. I'm
1: proud if I won the lottery. Screw this! I'm not going down. But that's why (laughs) you
0: see all these people who win the lottery and fucking two years later they're bankrupt because they they didn't know how to manage it because they didn't earn it. They just won it. Right. But if you fucking earn the money, you're going to manage it a lot better than if you just fucking okay. want it. That's you know a, what I mean? Yeah. I guess it's the same sort of thing.
1: Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. So. I I wonder how many, I'd like to hear back on this podcast, how many people kind of align themselves with how you go about things and, you know, your your kind of theory on life and, you know, how you get better. Um. You know, like I said, I, I hope I get to the point where, you know, I'm getting to do these things and these challenges and stuff that gets me out of my own head. I just know right now, you know, we talk about being, you know, routine oriented and all that. Shit. Like the routine is like come to work, go home for a few minutes, do my other job, yeah. then my daughter comes home, and it's like, I don't know, I don't, I don't. It's such, I the what I get a lot of enjoyment out of. Lana, we've talked about this a couple of times. I get enjoyment out of doing my cards. Like that's I like sitting down, I like doing messing with them, and it's not a challenge, and I'm not overcoming anything. But I am getting to a spot where. I'm in the moment, actually. And I'm not thinking about, I'm like, oh, maybe this card might be worse than one day. But that's a time when I get to be actually in the moment. So that's why I think I enjoy it so much now that I've been able to kind of express it.
0: Well, here's the thing. I recently watched this podcast about happiness and they had this guy in Harv- from Harvard who's been doing research on happiness for a couple decades now and he he gave he, a lot of insight yeah. on this sort of shit. Stuff that is kind of obvious but also I didn't really consider. So he basically broke down happiness into three components. Okay, so what I think what you're talking about with the cards seems to be more in the pleasure category and not so much in the happy category. Okay. And because he said that enjoy well he broke it down into enjoyment satisfaction and meaning and he said that pleasure is none of those things pleasure only becomes enjoyment when you add in creating memories with other people so if you are and i'm not saying you do this but if you were just drinking by yourself right then you have a problem but if you're drinking at a party with friends, creating memories at BARP, for example, that can give someone a lot of enjoyment because they're creating memories with other people while doing something pleasurable.
1: Okay. I um, <clears throat> I, I got my daughter into cards and all that stuff. And the, okay. She, and yeah, she, then, and, that works. Yeah. I mean, she comes in, we, she looks at them, and then we do this thing called card shop where she brings in her money box, and then she puts all my cards on the floor, and I come in to buy them. So, I mean, I was able to develop a bond with her. I mean, it's not all the time, but I think that I could... If I could, j- no, move- that counts. I guess well, I'm trying to move out of the
0: pleasure category. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have so, no like, pleasures. <laughs> right, right. It's like watching porn versus like having sex with someone you love. Like yes. different shit. Yes, both yes. can be great, but you know, different shit. Then the second category I said was satisfaction, and satisfaction is the enjoyment that you feel after going through a struggle, which is exactly what I feel when I, you know, complete a class in jujitsu, for example. Where it's like, fuck. But how I didn't often think I could that? do it.
1: How often is that? Right, do you go every day?
0: No, I go about three times a week, but then I also do, you know, workouts and again, it's not every moment of every day, but I try, I would say five out of seven days, I'm trying to get some sort of grueling something in there where I'm either or maybe even here like for example I'm gonna be hosting the show in two weeks I mean that's kind of weighing heavy on my head
1: <sighs> I thought about it yesterday I was like man that is a lot I wouldn't even feel I'm very comfortable as a host yeah but I wouldn't even feel comfortable hosting this show I mean just from the layout from the listeners I mean it's just I mean considering Bubba's been doing this this whole time yeah so I'm so glad that he just tabbed you and it just well did. I've been I've
0: been doing it for like two years now every time he's been out I kind of step in Good. and I and I you Here's the thing. I can host a show. That's fine. I don't like hosting other people's shows. Get it. You know what I mean? Because yes. that's their thing and the way they do things. And if you don't do it like them, sometimes they get mad.
1: Yes, so, yes, <laughs> yes. That is true. It's not
0: even a matter of if I can do it or not do it. It's more like, am I going to, is Bubba going to be mad at me? No. <laughs> like, you, know,
1: you know that you can do it. And I've uh, done
0: it before. Yeah, no, so. you can, you,
1: you're a good host. I mean, there's, there's yeah. I don't, I, I don't dispute that whatsoever I think that you're a great host so but I know exactly what you're talking about know I mean but, it's
0: not hosting my show it's hosting someone else yeah and, so you and wanna... look
1: and I'm not gonna lie too like back in the day when I used to listen to Bubba and Bubba wasn't there I wouldn't listen like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't want to hear all the other people without Bubba so I also know that you know going into it that it's not a show for everybody
0: well that's not how I look at it oh, I look <laughs> at it just like I'm just keeping the ship afloat like I'm not like we're gonna fucking do the best and it's gonna, everyone's gonna fucking love it because they love hearing me talk. No, it's about just fucking keeping the operation afloat. So what you do is you lower the bar, and then <laughs> if you step over that, you're like, "Fuck, this is pretty good, pretty good. We're still on the air, everything's okay." That's how I look at it. Do,
1: do, so, do you get the satisf- Do you will you get the do you get the satisfaction feeling? From here at all, or do you just get it from your hard workouts?
0: Uh, No, I get it from here. Like after I, yeah, I, I always say whenever I'm I'm hosting the main show, for example, um, I go, this is not going to be. A good experience, but it's going to be good experience. Does that make sense? Like in the moment, <laughs> I may be freaking the fuck out, but when it's all said and done, and I can look back and go, I can't believe I fucking did a four hour show. We fucking pulled it off. I get a lot of satisfaction out okay, of it. Okay, yeah, and jeez, you know
1: uh, I mean? as, as well, you should. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's so, not an easy thing to do.
0: No, it's it, and again, like it, it's 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 hard, but it's not that hard. At least for me, it's more just I want to do it up to Bubba's standards. I suppose. and
1: which is a lot because Bubba's, you know, when they let him. Into the Hall of Fame after you know everybody forgets about the sex tape stuff. You know, he yeah. Bubba is, you know, a Radio Hall of Famer. So when you have to go in there, it's like replacing Tom Brady. You know, it's like, hey, don't, you know, don't, don't look at me right now. Right. I'm not ready. I'm
0: not, yeah, I'm not trying to set any fucking football records. Yeah. I'm just trying to maybe make it to the next round. Yeah. That's that's how I'm looking at yeah, you're
1: it. Go, and you're gonna get there. You're gonna yeah, get there. And again, round.
0: I've I've done it before, but that doesn't mean that I don't experience stress and anxiety from it, obviously. And then the third thing that this guy was talking about, his name's Arthur Brooks, by the way. I might send you the podcast. You can listen or not listen i won't quiz you on it um
1: but I, listen to, I really listen back to our podcast more than i listen to anything else really yeah i, like,
0: I do sometimes but- i don't
1: i don't catch i don't catch nearly as much as i thought i did during during when we're recording these yeah i listen to 199 because i don't really listen to those uh i listen to like the whole show i listen to when you know you and i going back and forth because people are we've gotten a lot of compliments on it like I'm not just we're not stroking ourselves off like literally Bubba's having us do this because a bunch of people download it and I don't think there's been one bad fucking thing I've read about yeah. the podcast which is crazy considering how much people hate us
0: so and considering how Bubba's listening to none of it
1: right but Bubba Bubba's listening to none of it but it's you know it's doing well so that's yeah, all that matters there's yeah. even things that I listen back because you'll say something I'll say something and I'll be like oh wow you know I like I get that that that's funny that's something that you know I miss because we were in the moment so right. yeah that all goes back to um send me the podcast like I want to I I hear about happiness. Yeah,
0: and so then the third component of happiness is meaning. So it's like your why. And that's different for everybody. Like, why are you here? I guess it could be like you could attribute it to a religious thing. Like, I'm here to do God's work. No. For you, I'm sure it's being a father, uh, maybe a husband.
1: I don't know. Uh, you know, Ana, it's not. And I don't know where the, where I said this, but I feel like, you know, my identity back in the day was radio. Like, that was my whole identity. And I didn't want my identity to be wrapped up in my job again. So, like, I don't, I never, I don't really have an identity. But I feel like the people that say it's my job in life to be a father, I don't like, I know it. I feel like it's part of my life, but I don't feel like it's why I'm here. You know, I don't feel mm-hmm. like because then I would, then my job would be done, wouldn't it? Like, hey, I'm married and now I have a kid. So, what else is there? But every day I wake up and like there's that itch, there's that knot where like you want to do something, you want to create something, you want to be great. And like, that's what pushes me. And that's why I think that I'm here. And but I you th- want
0: to also probably be great at, at being a father and not just taking, you know, contributing the genetic portion of your daughter's life, but also rearing her into a person that's going to be a productive member of society, you know?
1: Yeah. And right now she's a thief and she cusses a lot. So, I mean, I'm not doing the best job I mean, she's going to
0: probably be pretty funny. I mean, so.
1: she is. I mean, to be <laughs> honest with you, I mean, she, she's funny. She's got good timing. She just doesn't listen right now. Yeah. And she's bringing, you know, there's a girl who lives across the street. They're friends. All of a sudden, the girl from across the street's in our house. You know, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't. Like when people just show up, so yeah. we had to talk to her about you know inviting people in the house without talking to her parents first. So there's a there's a lot of things that we're going through with her, but she's uh, she's very smart. She's you know testing ahead of whatever you're supposed to test ahead of in school for whatever all that shit means. And you know to be honest with you, just like yesterday when. You know, Bubba was saying like, you know, Phoebe's not fucking me, and so I must be a bad husband. And I was like, I think I'm a good husband, and you're, and you said, what makes you think that? And we never, we kind of skimmed past it. I didn't
0: mean to say it like that. No, no, it was no. more just like, give me, like, tell us why. I'll tell, I mean, I'll tell you, like, I, okay,
1: basically for me, I guess the baseline is that I feel like I'm a good husband because I take care of my family. Mm-hmm. I've never cheated on my wife, mm-hmm. so I've never fucking publicly publicly humiliated her. Where. We know there's a lot of people in radio, and we know all the people that they've banged that aren't their wife. And I and I don't I never wanted to be that guy. So it's like so I take a care I take care of my family. I respect my family, and every day when I wake up and you know try to whether it's you know producing a podcast or doing social media or coming in here, I want to be successful for them. Yes. You know, so that's kind of that's that's kind of where that comes from. Good, so.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry I, if it came across like, no, well, why no. do you think that? I was more just like, te- then tell it, like break it down. No,
1: like I, it, to me, it's just very simple. It's like, yeah. hey, you know, I I think I'm a good husband because I don't – I. Respect my, I respect my wife, yeah. and I and it's and I take care of my family. Like we're mm-hmm. not, we're not fucking rich, like we're paycheck to paycheck, like a lot of people. But sure. like, but I went and fucking just took the trash out of Kawa and washed the dishes and did a bunch of bullshit to because put food on the table. Yeah, because I needed to do it. And in a lot of people, Bubba and other people pulled me aside and go. That's a fucking man. Like, that's what a fucking man does is a man takes care of his family. I know a lot of people think I'm not a man because I don't know how to change my oil and all this shit, and I joke about an engine and all that stuff, but to me, that's what a man is. So, I mean, and so I guess I'm putting myself in the man category, yes. and I didn't take your I didn't take your question in a negative way. I just thought about it all all night yesterday, and I was like, well, what, what makes me a good husband? And I just think that I'm loyal, and I think the fact that I take care of my family, I feel like are two, you know, just... Basic things, but I feel like I've nailed those. You know,
0: yeah. And and here's the thing: like I, Bubba. Again, I don't know how much he was joking or not, but I don't. I don't draw one to one correlation between. How much your ass, your wife is giving up to you, and how much that translates into how good of a husband you are. Why, yeah, we do. You it know, I table. certainly, I certainly don't, don't believe that. So don't. That's why I was like, well, okay, well, like, tell us, like, what you're, what you're bringing to the table. And I, I know you're a present father, you're a loyal man, which is more than, than most yeah. that I've seen from a lot of people. <laughs> so, and I'm
1: not like saying like, oh yeah, I make her squirt and like, yeah, it's all this others. Like, no, that's not what makes me a good husband. Like, I'm there right. for my wife, I support her mm-hmm. most of the time. You know, I'm there for my daughter you know whatever whatever they need and you know i feel like it's obviously the least that i can do but you know i I try to take care of it so and not comparing myself to anybody else like i said i feel like that's just the lowest thing that a guy can do but i feel like that's what makes me maybe not a good husband but a decent husband
0: well, I think that makes you a good husband. Okay, well, yeah, I'll that. Thank I, I, you. I think that for sure. So you know, give yourself a little bit of credit. I would, I would like to see you like do more challenging stuff because I think that you would get like a kick out of it when you, <sighs> you when just you tell fucking me- when you come out the other end and you're like, fuck, I fucking did it. Like, when was the last time you had that thought where you're like, I fucking did that
1: shit? When I got on the plane to Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. Okay. They,
0: I mean. Yeah you were anxious about the plane ride or Oh my god yeah,
1: uh, Anna I had to I was supposed to go up to LA on a Saturday when I got the the K-Rock job and I yeah. ha- I canceled it, it and because I was like I can't go now I was like and I went Sunday and the the, the host thought that I was just not going to come and I was like no dude I'm just freaking out so t- like getting on a plane I <laughs> know it sounds stupid getting on no, a plane No
0: no I mean listen that's a very reasonable fear to have
1: <laughs> Getting on the plane getting on the plane going yeah. to California being out there for a short time Having it not work whatsoever, being totally alone, filled with anxiety and all that shit. I was I was happy when I came out of that yeah. because I felt like it didn't make me a tougher person, but I felt like it gave me a lot more clarity on my life. Okay. So I went through something, you know, that, that was somewhat tough for me, but I came out having more of an appreciation for All of my friends, all of my family. and perspective
0: on your life. Yeah,
1: and, you know, my love of St. Petersburg, Florida. And, you know, that's what I kind of realized. As far as doing, like, hardcore, like, you know, workouts and stuff, I haven't done that in a while. And, yes, I would like that satisfaction of being like, wow, I can't believe I conquered that. I just, I don't know what that is, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you could. Maybe you set something up for me. I don't know, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know what the next. I don't know what the. I used to run five Ks and shit, and I was like, that was cool. But I don't know what my. I don't know what my challenge would be physically right now.
0: Well, I I don't know. I usually start with stuff that I I typically don't want to do or I'm scared of, and then I do. I I just throw myself in that, and I go, bitch, you're gonna swim. Well, Let's you on, figure it out. You
1: go, Have you gone skydiving yet?
0: <laughs> no, that's not my cup of
1: tea. Well, I mean, that's the first thing I think of when you talk about yeah. doing things you don't no. want to do. Well,
0: honestly, and I know this sounds silly, but I am um like fearful of cold like i (laughs) what yeah not not just like you know oh it's it's 45 degrees outside like i've been planning i was planning on doing a cold plunge for probably more than a year and i just kept putting it off because i was like i really don't want to be submerged in cold water like it really frightens me me i'm gonna be very 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 uncomfortable and like it, a polar
1: plunge with a bunch of other people or you yeah. just do. Oh, OK.
0: Well, it, it was like a have you heard of a, I think it's called the plunge St. Pete. It's like this. They got a sauna. They got some gold plunges and shit. OK. Um, so you're I, just going to hop in one. Yeah. Well, what I did is I which was the, certainly the move. I I t- took a class. and You're like, why the fuck would you need to take a class? Well, here's the thing. I needed the pressure, like the peer pressure of other people watching me do this so that I wouldn't completely pussy out. So, I took a class with, like, eight other people, and they explained, you know, like, the benefits and, you know, the the goal of today, your first plunge, whatever. And then they had three tubs or troughs or whatever and so and we did it in like three heats I guess so I went first because I was like I know I'm gonna freak out if I see some yeah I did it it's actually on our um on our YouTube oh wow I gotta see that yeah it was fucking horrible like Like, and I've done some I've tortured myself since I was a since I was a teenager and when it comes to I don't know, working out, doing hot yoga, going on 10 mile runs in 90 degree weather. Like, I've done some fucking crazy shit.
1: How long were you submerged for?
0: Like, how long did Three you Three go- minutes. Holy. In 45 hell. degree. Yeah, it was terrible. So,
1: <laughs> there's okay. a, we played this on yeah. uh, Clement Cush the other day. A Stone Cold Steve Austin, famous wrestler, uh, was doing a cold plunge. I guess he got a tub. I don't know if somebody gave it to him. And the video is so fucking funny because he can't get in. It's like 50 degrees. He keeps putting his legs in and he's one of the toughest wrestlers of all time. It's horrible. And he goes, fuck this. And he got out. He did it like in 10 seconds. Like he got out. He's like, I can't do this. So the fact that you stayed in for three minutes is impressive.
0: Well, here's the thing. What helped was the guy who was teaching the class, let's say the instructor, he said, "Um, we want you to stay in the tub for three minutes. And he goes, I have a 95% success rate. Of people that take this course. And so I go, fuck, I can't be part of that. I can't be this, the 5% stat that fucked it up, you know? What if I throw it to 6% because I'm fucking a pussy? Yeah, really? So I... um. <laughs> and he, it, what helped was he initially was like, know that you're going to be okay. Because I know this sounds insane, but when I first got submerged in the tub, that first 30 to 45 seconds... I was like, I'm going cause your your body starts to just go numb, right? And I go, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna die, like. So once I got to the point where I realized I I was okay, I was just experiencing pain, but I was gonna be just fine. Then I was, then I was okay. The minutes two, like the second minute and the third minute were fine. It was that first minute where my uh, my brain was telling my body like we're gonna we're gonna die like this is not my heart's gonna stop like i just thought i was gonna i was just gonna stop and you could see when i get first in the tub on the video like there's serious panic there but i don't want to give up because i don't want to be a loser
1: how how do you feel when you get out of it are you super freezing or is it warm because like the air is not 40 degrees
0: um you're you're fine when you get out of it and you're actually fine again after that first minute you're okay because your body just fucking goes numb (laughs) <laughs> but when I got out I was you you certainly do have like this elevated dopamine rush and it's not like a social media hit. It lasts for several hours where you're just kinda like elated. You know, maybe you should fucking try the cold plunge. I don't know. A lot of people get a kick out of it and it helps them every day. Well, I mean, so. listen, I,
1: I when I saw the video of Steve Austin doing it, I mean, it made me extremely fearful because he's a fucking tough sob, yeah. and he, he couldn't handle it whatsoever. Yeah. He, he goes, he goes, we'll fucking review, goes, we'll revisit this motherfucker, yeah. uh, when he was getting out. But um, I told Bubba, Bubba talked about bringing some troughs in here and doing one and all that stuff, and I, I said I would do it for the show. So but, yeah,
0: but you have to like stay in. What are the?
1: What are the? <laughs> just quickly, what are the? Mm-hmm. What are the, what's the main health benefit of, of freezing your ass off? Well, and why aren't people in Buffalo so fucking healthy <laughs> if they're in the cold all the time?
0: Uh, I think you really got to like, well, here's the thing. They're always trying to keep warm. This is just allowing yourself to, to, to be cold. So the, the main thing is like, think about it like this. When you, when you get an injury, what do you do? You ice it, right? Yeah. So your body is dealing with a lot of trauma on a day to day basis from just how you sit, how you sleep, working out, um, you know, how you sit in your chair, whatever the case may be. So your body's like constantly inflamed. So what you're doing is taking your injury-ridden body and just submerging it in cold water. And that helps with inflammation. So that's like the main thing. And then there's also like a lot of mood-enhancing benefits where you get a, a, a giant kick of dopamine that doesn't just drop off it's it, it's kind of elevated for a few hours Re- thereafter. oh really okay yeah, yeah, yeah and you definitely feel it but you're just like whoo! i can't believe i did like i got off a roller coaster or something like that but it, it sticks with you you feel really good you feel like you could like do a deep stretch like you have a lot more range of motion even after just like one session Um, I think you're just also just so happy to be out of that fucking water that when you get out, you're just like elated. So I think that's also it as well. And then again, I've heard from, I think the research is still kind of shifty, but it it also helps in... um AIDS and fat burning, again, I don't know how, how that true that to be, and autophagy, which is a big one, which is, like, cell rejuvenation. Okay. So, there's a lot of benefits. And also, I think most of it for people is, obviously, because you, you, I mean, you watch the sports, right? Yeah, oh, well, yeah. And don't they talk a lot about, like, cold baths and how uh, that helps people? Uh, a lot, yeah, and a <clears throat>
1: lot of guys, I don't know if they're doing this anymore, but it was the hypo, hyperbaric chambers that- Yeah, that, that,
0: cryotherapy. That, cryotherapy, Yeah. yeah.
1: Is that that cold, too? Is that
0: the... It is. I know, like, Antonio Brown almost got, like, frostbite or some shit. He froze his
1: toes off. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, I think that this is even more effective than that, is just actually submerging yourself in, like, ice-cold water. So I think... I think there's a lot of benefits to it. A lot of people do it on a regular basis, and it helps them just feel their body feel better, their joints feel better because it's reducing inflammation, and then also just, like, the mood-enhancing dopamine kick that you get. I'm all about it because I
1: I like swimming, and, I mean, it's you know, so I understand, like, swimming makes my body feel good. So, you know, I love water.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, listen, they got it in St. Pete, St. Pete Plunge. I think that's what it's called, and it was 20 bucks for, like, an hour. And I think it's good to take a class just so you're, like, with people who are also new. and
1: A class honor. I need, if I'm plunging, I'm walking in right away and I'm hopping in the truck. No, I, I wouldn't can't. recommend that No, because you're going to
0: hop right the fuck out, buddy. No,
1: what what did they tell you in an hour besides that there, he had a 95% success rate that kept you in that tub?
0: <clears throat> I told him, I said, listen. I took him aside. I go, hey, buddy. I forget what his name was, Jason or some <laughs> shit. I go, listen, Jason. I'm like, I'm going to get in that tub and I need you to fucking yell at me if I want to get out of that tub. And he's oh. like, What? Because a lot of people are like, You can do it. I go, No, 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 no. I was like, I work with like negative reinforcement. I'm like, I need you to tell me that I'm a little fucking bitch and I can't oh, do it. Up. I'm not should kidding. You should
1: add Bubba there. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. Um, and I told my friend Aaron the same thing. I go, Aaron, if you see my little fucking head bobbing up above that water, I'm like, you say fucking get down lower and that helps me because then i'm like i'm i'm like i'm not a fucking bitch like i'm not i can fucking handle this shit and that motivates me versus like you're doing great you're doing great i don't know what that says about you know my upbringing or who i am as a person or i enjoy torture you know being um being insulted (laughs) like that that motivates me but it did so i told that guy i was like i want to go first because if i Watch other people do it and they freak out. That's not gonna help my mentals. Yep. So I went first and I said, I told him, I go, you need to tell me not to be a bitch. And he was coaching me through it, like almost like labor. He was like, he was like, fucking breathe and sit down lower. I'm like (laughs) (laughs) He's like lower. He's like, breathe. He goes, You're fine. He goes, You're gonna be just fine. Now now sit the fuck down. I go, Okay, okay, okay. And he kinda he talked now mind you, there's two other people that he's completely ignoring that are in the tubs next to me, but I was like the one that was like, buddy, you and me. So we were just like made eye contact the whole time and he he fucking walked me through it.
1: There you go. And that well, that's kind of goes along the lines of why I said I just want to walk in there and jump in right away, is because I don't want to wait. I don't want to see a bunch of people go before me. I need to get in and get out. And if the guy wants to yell at me, no problem.
0: Yeah, well. Listen, we're all motivated by different things, I suppose. Oh Jesus. I think that's enough content. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, we're
1: good. All right, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Seth,
0: thank you so much. Two left, you. We'll see you tomorrow on the big show.
1: Goodbye. Bye.